Hi, this is Steve Hargadon, and welcome to the Classroom 2.0 New Year Party Show. We're calling this What We Learned in 2008. We're glad to have you here. Uh, we're going to give you some instructions on using uh, this Illuminate Room. And um, certainly are, uh, it's very exciting to see all the places that you're from. Uh, that box that you're typing in is a chat box. And uh, please go ahead and try to use it. If you haven't put in where you're from, you can do so. Uh, maybe put in what time it is there and the weather if you're so inclined. Um, the show uh, will probably last us about an hour and a half. You're welcome to come and go. Uh, we are going to be recording, and the chat log will be posted, so everything that you're seeing here you can come back to. We hope that it uh, will provide you with some fun resources today and some things to think about and places to, sites to go to. I want to give a big shout out to Illuminate for providing this Classroom 2.0 um, web meeting space. Hey, look, we just had 100 participants. How fun. Um, Illuminate has done a great job in helping us, and, and we want to uh, thank them. And at some point, we will, um, in just a minute, and then at the end of the show, we'll be posting a survey that you can fill out to, uh, to tell us how you liked uh, this format. Uh, if you haven't yet used the audio wizard, if you go up to the top of your screen under Tools, you'll see Audio, Audio Setup Wizard. And that will allow you to make sure your microphone is working if you want to participate at some point in the show. Your microphone is turned off by default. And so if you look in the participants box, there's a little hand with a green up arrow. And you can click that to raise your hand. Everybody's welcome to practice now. What will happen is when you click that, we will call on you in, in the order in which you've clicked them. And that way, uh, you can let us know you want to talk. And then you can, I think if you click it again, it takes the raised hand away. The smiley face indicates that somebody said something that you like. Uh, same with applause. Uh, confusion or disapproval, you can see those icons uh, next to the uh, raised hand icon. Um, good. So I'd like to introduce uh, Peggy George and Kim Case, who are <coughs> helping host this show. So uh, I'm going to ask both of them to introduce themselves. Uh, Peggy, would you start? I'd be happy to start. I am very excited to be here with all of you today, and I so appreciate you joining in. I know we're all going to leave more energized and ready for the new year after we've heard all these great ideas people have been sharing. Um, I am uh, living in Phoenix, Arizona, and I'm a retired elementary school principal and university teacher education instructor for Arizona State University. I'm currently um, on the board for the Arizona Technology and Education Alliance, ASTE, and co-chair the West Side chapter. And I am loving all the time I have with retirement to learn about all these great Web 2.0 things. So thanks for um, joining us and for allowing me to share with you. I'm Kim Case from San Antonio, Texas. Um, I've been an educator for about the past 20 years. Um, half of the time I've spent in elementary education and the other time uh, spent at the middle school level teaching sixth grade math as well as um, technology uh, classes and projects with my math students and social studies students. 
this year I'm semi-retired. Um, I'm not working on the campus. And I say semi-retired because I do just as much um, at home as I do <coughs> when I was in the classroom every day. So I want to welcome everybody and thank you very much. So uh, it's great to have you both here. Uh, this is a good time to uh, let those of you who are in the show know that Peggy and Kim are going to start hosting a weekly Classroom 2.0 show on Saturdays. Peggy, do you want to say a little bit about that? I would love to. Uh, we're very excited about this. And obviously, our plans are still developing. But our thoughts are that we will have a topic each week that we'll announce in advance. So you can be thinking in advance of things that you'd like to share on the show. And we'll certainly be opening the mic to anyone who would like to participate. We're also planning to really try to focus on people who are relatively new to um, Web 2.0 and we really want to encourage the use. And we're going to have a newbie question of the week each week. We'll pre-announce that. So some of you can be thinking about how you'd answer their question. And then we'll talk about it on the show. And I think that will help people make that, that first big step into trying some of these new things. We'll always have open mic and chat. Um, and our, our focus will be on anything that we've learned or discovered or um, figured out from the previous week. So it will be kind of a week in review show, continuing on the format that Steve began quite some time ago with Classroom 2.0, where I first got my start. And we'll also be telling you about the plans for the next week's show. Um, and it will be on Saturdays. I know that's a busy family day for so many people. Um, but we were trying to avoid so many other um, shows that are scheduled during the week in the evenings. So we hope that you'll squeeze in an hour on Saturdays and join us for the show. We'll be starting next week, Saturday, January 10th. And it's worth pointing out that uh, we've, we've put a calendar up at live.classroom20.com, which not only shows the Classroom 2.0 show, but shows some of the other uh, educational technology shows that are out there so that you can um, take advantage of those as well. So live.classroom20.com. So this is the uh, part of the show where we wanted to kind of give thanks to people for things that have happened during this past year. Uh, I think uh, my, the first uh, thanks or shout out that I want to give is to all the members of Classroom 2.0. Uh, for the second year in a row, we won the EduBlog Award for Best Use of a Social Networking Application in Education. And I, I think we're a little bit of a shoo-in because of our size. But I really think <laughs> that uh, Classroom 2.0 has been a, a great uh, community. And I, I know it's big. And because it's big, you know, uh, people are, are going to go off and find other ways to use the technology and, and collect in smaller groups. But for what it, uh, for what it accomplishes, I think uh, Classroom 2.0 has been a really wonderful experience. And it's due to all of the participants who come in and help each other uh, learn about these topics. So my big thanks goes to Classroom 2.0. I'd also like to thank those um, individuals who have agreed to, to sort of host the website. Um, if you go to classroom20.com and go to members, you'll see we have some hosts 
who try to welcome new members and to answer questions. Uh, and they've done a great job. Uh, Nancy Bosch, Jane Krause, Helen Ottaway, Jeff O'Hara, and Anne Merchant. Uh, Nancy deserves particular attention because if you've ever watched the introductory forum posts, you'll see that she replies to almost everybody who uh, introduces themselves. So a big thanks to Nancy and to, to this particular team. If this is a task or a job that you would like, uh, please feel free to send me an email at steve at hargadon.com. Our hosts have been um, in there for a period of time, and, and some of them are probably ready to pass the baton. So if this is something you'd like to do, please let me know, and uh, in January we'll be uh, setting up some new hosts. Peggy and Kim, would you like to make some thanks? Well, I would love to, and then Kim, you jump in too. But um, okay. I especially want to want to say thank you, a huge thank you to uh, Steve for all of the work he's done with Classroom 2.0. He really Definitely. was one of the very, very first people that started me down this adventurous track, and he is such an awesome mentor for so many of us. And I have have really appreciated participating in many Classroom 2.0 events. We were able to host a Classroom 2.0 live workshop in Phoenix last year that um, Steve guided us all the way through. And I've participated in the Saturday Classroom 2.0 live conversations for at least a year. And that's uh, where I got excited about the opportunity to continue those conversations. There have been some wonderful guests that have come on that Saturday show throughout the year. And the conversations are all posted on our um, website for this show. So I hope you'll take some time to click on that link for archived shows and go back and listen to some of those conversations. Um, we've had a number of guests from EdTech Talk, and um, that definitely includes Lorna Costantini from Parents as Partners. We've had Julie Lindsay and Vicki Davis with their flat classroom information and um, projects. Um, Mike Staten, um, Andrew Pass, Jane Cross and Susie Boss did a couple of great shows about Web 2.0 and reinventing project-based learning. Um, Sylvia Martinez with Gen Generation Yes. Uh, Jonathan Mooney, um, who did a great show on uh, the labels of dyslexia and ADHD. Jenny Black did a couple of shows on educational blogging. She's such an awesome presenter. Um, Rich Wilson did a wonderful show on Sites Alive. If your students haven't been involved in that project, be sure to check that out. So you can see we've had some wonderful shows in the past, and we hope to continue that that tradition. So I wanted to just say a special thank you to Steve and to all of you who have been a part of um, the live conversations. I also wanted to get, um, thank Steve. When I was first digging my toes in the EdTech water, I followed Steve with the open source initiatives. Um, and I want to thank Peggy. She's been a great mentor when I started with um, Twitter and with Net this summer, as well as with Webcast Academy. She's been a great support. 
And um, I'm not sure if Miguel and Wes Fryer are listening at the time, at right now, um, but I wanted to thank them because they both really got, um, Miguel really helped bring me into the full ed tech community and social networking with um, bookmarks and really brought me on board. And so I really thank those two as well as everybody at um, ed tech talk and classroom 2.0. Okay, that was very nice, and now we can definitely move the spotlight away from me, but thank you. <laughs> hey, um, if you have somebody you would like to thank, please post it in the chat, uh, because we are recording the chat and we'll post it. That would be a fun way for you to let somebody know that you appreciated something they've done for you in EdTech this year. Um, and I did want, I, th I think I'm going to go a little bit out of order, uh, Peggy and I thought I would talk uh, very quickly about some things we have coming up. So we have the weekly show that's coming up. We uh, we do have a very fun project that's a little bit under wraps right now, but but uh, will be announced at, at about the middle of the month, and it is a Classroom 2.0, the book, and we're going to ask the community to help us write a good introductory book on the use of Web 2.0 in the classroom. So look for more information about that. We are partnering with PBS, and we'll be doing a monthly uh, Classroom 2.0 PBS show uh, on topics of interest. Um, and uh, of course, we've got EduBloggerCon and the Classroom 2.0 Meetup in Washington, D.C., the Saturday before NECC. And if you're interested in that, you can go to EduBloggerCon.com. And um, finally, uh, in uh, January also, uh, um, Classroom 2.0 is going to start hosting, co-hosting a special project called The Future of Education, uh, where we'll be looking at um, helping people uh, voice their thoughts about where education is going. So it should be a really fun year, and it's been a great year uh, for me this past year, and I'm really appreciative uh, of all of you and all that you have done to help make this community a really fun one for me. <coughs> So I'm going to turn the time over now to Peggy and Kim uh, to, to, to go through our top 10 lists. So this should be a lot of fun. Uh, our goal is to, um, to uh, be ready in about an hour or a little bit more to um, kind of wrap up. But uh, you're very welcome and encouraged to participate in this. Uh, we're going to look specifically at the uh, top 10 lists that have been sent in and any top 10 <coughs> items that you want to discuss. So please feel free to do so. And uh, Peggy and Kim, take it away. All right. Well, it has been really exciting to see the list coming in from people. And uh, I'm sure these lists will grow. And we'll certainly add things from the chat room as we get going today. We've all kind of taken a slightly different bent on what we wanted to share. And some of us said top 10 tech resources. Some of us said favorite tools. I said tools I couldn't live without. Um, and some just highlighted a few. But one um, interesting bent that I would love to have you jump on the mic and talk about this, and that is the post that came from Lisa Thuman. And she chose to write about the 10 reasons to join Classroom 2.0. Lisa, can you take the mic and tell us about your, your 10 Point. Lisa, you're going to have to raise your hand so I can give you the mic. I'll 
Can you hear me? Sure can. Sure can. Okay. <laughs> um, well, you know, for those of you that um, have talked with me before, you know that I do a lot of professional development in New Jersey, and I'm always encouraging educators to join Classroom 2.0. And I was thinking, you know, more than to focus on the tools that have been so exciting, because there's so many of them in the last year. And, and I was looking at what everybody was listing and thinking about, you know, those that I use the most frequently. I was thinking, well, why do I tell teachers, why do I encourage them to join Classroom 2.0? And um, <clears throat> so I made a top ten list about that instead, and, and it's in no specific order, and, and it's on the wiki today, which you have a link to on the screen in front of you, and it's also at ThumanResources.com if you want to go there. But um, the biggest one, and it's number one in the list, is because if you ask a question at Classroom 2.0, you get an answer. And I think it was Steve who said earlier, you know, you're greeted immediately when you joined. And I don't know of another group like that um, on such a large scale. I mean, 15,000 members that you sign up and you are greeted immediately. And I think that that's just fantastic. And, uh, for, and tech newbies, uh, that's just a wonderful thing. And just to summarize some of the other things, um, there's a subgroup in there for everyone. And I think that even though we talk about Twitter and Plurk and Facebook and all the other social networking and social bookmarking like Delicious and Digo, I think that sometimes it can be very daunting to EdTech newbies. And I think that it's really nice to go into Classroom 2.0 and to look over to the right-hand side and to see, um, as I said in number four of my list, that you can search by subject or by tool or by area. You can find a group or a subgroup like Second Life, The Den, uh, search for brain research, search music teachers, everybody can find something that pertains to them. And, and I know that you can find that other places, but this is just one big, huge place that has everything for you. And Classroom 2.0 is, is represented everywhere. We have a group on Facebook. We have a group in Digo. We're just, we're everywhere. <laughs> and um, I, put, I put a little uh, picture of it on Human Resources. It's available in 11 languages, right at your fingertips, which is great. So if you go there and English isn't your first language, uh, you can see it in Japanese. You can see it in Hebrew. And um, my network connection wasn't real great last night because we just got the Wii and we put it on the Wi-Fi and it's really eaten up our bandwidth in our house. But uh, I thought it was great to see uh, Classroom 2.0 in, in Japanese. And uh, you all know that I could keep talking and talking and talking, but uh, the last one that I'll say is uh, everything's archived. So, you know, we are all in a time crunch, and I think that it's fantastic that we can go back to these professional development events like today and hear it at our own convenience and get to the wiki like we're on today and go back to all the resources and contribute and add to it and access it. And I mean, you just, you just can't beat it. So there are your 10 reasons to join Classroom 2.0. I don't think you can argue with it. I think you can add to it. I'm sure I missed some really great reasons. Please feel free to add to the list. And um, that's it. Thanks so a lot, Lisa. 
This is Steve. I'm jumping in because Lisa mentioned something that I think is very um, interesting. Uh, Ning just added a new search feature uh, for the membership, which I've wanted for over a year. Um, but you can now search um, by geographical location on in Classroom 2.0. So if you're looking for other educators in your area, it's not a perfect search yet because you have to put in different ways that you might um, have a location, like maybe the city or the state or the city and state. But if you play around with it, uh, it's very fun to find other educators who are close to you uh, using that new search tool. So uh, Lisa, thanks so much for that. And Peggy, back to you. Thank you. And we thought maybe the next place we would move is to the, the top ten list from Julie Evans, who is the CEO of Project Tomorrow. Julie, I hope you have your mic. I'd love to have you share some of the top ten things from Speak Up, if you would. Julie, are you there? Do you want to raise your hand so I can give you the mic if you don't have it? Well, while we're waiting for Julie, I'll go ahead and um, take this next one. This is one that um, really struck a chord with me when I read the top ten list. Um, one of the things that struck out to me is that she put the digital divide is alive and well. Um, that even though the students that we think that they're very comfortable with technology, there's still a divide even amongst the uh, lower elementary and the high school students. So I thought that was very interesting that she pointed that out as well. Do we have Are Julie? Are you with us yet, Julie? <laughs> Julie's typing. Okay. Um, then the next thing I wanted to mention was um, the explosion of access to mobile devices. I guess I just kind of took for granted um, the the access that the kids have, and I thought mainly it was the parents that um, had the devices. And almost 40% of K-2 students have their own cell phone, with 24% of the middle and high school students carrying around a smartphone or a PDA. And I thought that was really great that the access to the mobile devices has greatly um, grown and is very accessible. And that really brings down the cost for uh, schools that would have to provide those items if the students already had them. And I thought that was really interesting to point out. And that the students say, let me use my devices. You know, we used to ban if they brought any um, PDAs, if they brought a cell, uh, of course, cell phones. Um, CD players, anything of that sort, uh, Game Boys, we took all of those things up. Um, and I think it's great that they want to use those devices for educational purposes. And um, I think it's a fantastic opportunity for us to capitalize on them already having those devices. And that a quarter of the high school students, the next one about online learning, have already had an online class and experienced what it's like to learn online. And that mostly it was self-initiated by the student, um, not the school or the teacher. And I remember way back in high school, 
many years ago, when I was in high school, I wanted to graduate a year early, so I had to get my extra two credits. So I went to night school, and I did my government credit by correspondence. At the time, it was just through the mail. Um, and I think that's great that students can really enrich their learning and, and that at least so far, a minimum of a 25% of high school students have already experienced this type of learning and the, the rise in all of the virtual schools that are popping up. And I think that's really fantastic that all of those things are really emerging. Thanks, Kim. That was a great summary of that. Um, we'll just move right through our list. And I would love to invite Mary Page to join us. Mary, if you would raise your hand so Steve can give you the mic. She had um, listed her top ten favorites, and I found that many of hers were the same as mine. Mary, it would be great if you could maybe pick a couple of those that you'd especially like to highlight and tell us what you like about them. So if you're if you're going to speak, just click on the, uh, audio, on the uh, button audio box. button box. Sounds like you have. Go ahead, Mary. Hi, can you hear me now? Yes, we can hear you. Yes, we sure can hear you. Yes, we sure can. Yes, we sure can. Okay. Um, yeah, some of the, Welcome, Mary. Welcome, Mary. Yes, yeah, some of the things uh, I like best are the uh, the web two point stuff. Um, one of the ones is the gaming project. I teach online, and um, it's very helpful for uh, doing demonstrations when you're, uh, you know, you don't have the students in front of you. Um, so that was uh, the gym project is one that I really like. Um, a lot of the Google tools, I found those very helpful. Um, and some of the other ones are the uh, VoiceThread, and there was lots of resources there. I really only started um, using a lot of these tools recently after I had read uh, Will Richardson's book on Wiki's blogs and podcasts, and then I had the opportunity to see him speak in October, and then um, a little while after that, I started using some of the tools myself, both in the online, and just starting to play with them. Um, his advice was you really have to know the tools yourself before you can start using them as a student, so that's kind of what I taken to heart and I've started to play with wikis and blogs and um, so forth. So there's lots to learn and, and that sort of thing. Um, and I'm sure there's, you know, there's, there's so much information out there on all the different uh, sources and specific tools. Uh, a lot of them are specific to uh, uh, Windows or um, some of them are for Mac. And what's any of the sources that I look for, the criteria has to be that they're, first of all, free, uh, both for me and for my students. Mary, could you Mary, tell us something I about capsules? I accidentally Sorry, clicked Keith. Mary's mic off, so Mary, you're going to have to raise your hand again. I apologize. Oh. You're back on, Mary. 
Sorry, I didn't hear your question. I would love to have you tell us something about capsules. Oh, okay. I just found that uh, on um, another from one of the colleagues here on the blog. Sorry, don't remember exactly who that was from. But what that allows you to do is use um, to create your own timeline. So basically, it's a series of pictures, and um, you can create a timeline timeline on it. And you click on each picture, and each picture can have text, audio, and visual. So we do a lot of timelines when we're teaching history. So like um, I thought for teaching economics or business courses, which is what I do. Um, the kids could use it to explain why they want to put together a different program um, for an advertising campaign or anything like that. So there's probably lots of different uses uh, for that one. And it's just you know, the nice feature is it combines visual, audio, text, um, kind of all in one. And it's a free program that kids can put their own uh, work together on. Excellent. That sounds like a wonderful tool. How about if we hear from, I was so excited to hear someone write in and share their list who is a second year teacher, and that's Eve Heaton from Mossy Oaks Elementary School. Eve, can you take the mic and tell us about a couple of your favorite new tools or new learnings from this year? You've accomplished a lot of things in just two years, one year plus of teaching. So Eve, you have the mic, but just click on the audio mic button on the lower left of your screen to that activate it. How's that? Does that work? Can you hear me? Perfect. Can yes, hear you yeah. great. Um, yeah, this is um, actually my first year of teaching last year was um, sort of a learning experience for me, and I didn't get to use technology as much. So all of this stuff happened this year. So, and I've been sort of moving very fast with it as far as um, getting my district to approve a blog for my students at the school and um, you know getting my own web my own website teacher website up and running and sort of adding things to it and trying to make it more like more interactive with my children so it's kind of been a big year as far as technology goes for me and if you were to know me at all this is this is a lot for me and even like today going on this on this classroom, on this Illuminati live thing, I really wanted to check it out and see what you could do with it, and I've been really impressed so far. But probably my favorite thing this year was getting um, my teacher website going and getting that up and getting it. And I've been really proactive about making sure that um, students have access to it, and I refer back to it in the classroom a lot, and I link things through it so they have to go through my my teacher pages, you know, my MrsHeatonsClass.com in order to get to a lot of things. But um, so far, it's been a good year, and I'm hoping to add more things as we go along. And I've been checking out everybody else's blogs and getting really great ideas. I think Nancy posted something fairly recently about a blogging um, rubric, which I love, and I've just downloaded that to use in my class going forward. That's great. Thank you. Can you tell us a little bit about how you're using Promethean Board in your classroom? 
Yeah, we just got the Promethean boards um, probably, I would say, October, so they haven't been in there that long. Um, and that's a bit of a learning curve for me as well because they put them in and didn't really give us training, so I came back to school. We had a break. Um, and they were there. Now, luckily, I had some friends at another school who had them, and you know, I was able to go to their classrooms, and they gave me a very fast tutorial. So, but it's really, um, for me, like getting the laptop lab was another thing because we have these laptop labs in our school, and they're a little difficult to sort of set up. So, um, I sort of put aside a week and managed to get those up and running. But with the Promethean board, I can show the students what they need to do on the larger screen so they can follow along on the smaller screen. So that's been very helpful. Um, I'm going to be teaching students how to use PowerPoint when they get back to school next week um, for a project. And I know that having the Promethean board up there is going to be um, great in order to show them step by step what they can do. Um, I also like a lot of the tools because the district blocks a lot of um, our websites. But with Promethean tools, you can video. I can bring my laptop at home and I can video stuff using the Promethean video camera and then show things that are on YouTube that might be blocked from the district, but I can isolate certain clips. So it's yeah, it's been a learning experience with the Promethean boards, but I absolutely love them. I haven't used a smart board, so I know there's smart board fans out there. Thank you. I am so sorry for my voice and my cough today. Um, I would love to have Phil take the mic next. Uh, am I still on for just a second? Can I, I was wondering, like, you know how there's one of those um, um, where you have, like, post your blog here. I think it's one of the forums in Classroom 2.0. Yes. But I would love, is there any way to see it where it could be broken down into grade levels? Is that the support blogs um, wiki space? No, it's the it's actually the forum that says post your blog site here, um, and it has quite a few responses. Um, and um, but because I was looking specifically for um, blogs within the elementary school, particularly the fourth and fifth grade range, and so I had to go through a lot of other people's blogs in order to find them. And I thought, oh, it would be nice to categorize them according to grade level so that first grade teachers or third grade teachers could go to one area. Is that, I don't know if that's possible for me. It's available. Steve has read your mind, and he has started a site at the wiki uh, at supportblogging.com, and it is okay. broken down by grade level and subjects and all kinds of things. Thanks for that link, Steve. Great. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Well, I was really interested in what Bill Wagner posted. And he didn't do a top 10, but he actually shared a bunch of tools within one specific um, project that he did. And it's called Karaoke Style Captioning Subtitles Video. And we've posted the video as a sample of what you can do with it. And it would be great, Phil, if you could tell us about that and how you use it. Phil, so oh, raise your hand so, so I can sorry. give you the mic. Phil says his microphone isn't working.
Phil, do you mean your mic's not working, oh. or it's not working in this environment? Because I haven't given you um, mic access unless you raise your hand. Oh, good point. Okay. Well, just to quickly highlight uh, what he shared, and you can definitely read about it on the wiki. Um, he created a video um, by inserting text as well as audio so that students can um, look at the picture and follow along with the reading. And I know we've all seen things like that online in various sites, but to know how to create it for yourself and for your students I thought was just a really awesome thing to share and something that I definitely want to try out. It seems it would be very valuable for our second language learners as they're learning vocabulary and new words and that sort of thing. So special thanks to um, Phil for sharing that with us. Kim, how about you? I'll forget. What would... <clears throat> Sorry, Peggy. I was just going to interject that the karaoke style, um, the video that he included would also be great for um, struggling readers, especially at the elementary level, increasing their reading comprehension and their fluency rate, um, the way that the words are highlighted and the way that he has the subtitles in the videos. That was a great um, suggestion for that. I'm sure people in the chat room could even add additional ways that they could think of using that. Absolutely. <clears throat> yes, it's infinite. You know, just the potential is great. You know, and this was a fantastic idea. And we thank you for sharing it, Phil. And if you want to put your comments in the chat box, Phil, please do so. Elise, uh, you submitted some great um, ideas on your um, tips for um, <clears throat> the National Writing uh, Project, and especially the letter to the president. Would you like to take the mic and share with us? So if you want to take the mic, Good. Raise your hand, and then I uh, click. And then w once I give you mic access, you still need to click uh, the audio button to speak, which is usually on the lower left side of your screen. If you're having trouble seeing all of the chat scroll through in the chat window, you can maximize that chat window. Like there should be a little maximize button. You can also go to the top of your screen, and you can select a different window layout. Maybe Elise isn't online. It's hard to um, tell with so many participants who all is with us, but be sure to check that out because the National Writing Project has been doing some awesome things and they have an incredible professional development network. Jim, why don't you share some of your top ten? Okay. Um, I mainly included things that I just similar to most people's lists, um, things that I also couldn't live without. Um, I use Plurk every day that I'm online. I check Plurk several times as well as Twitter. And I use TweetDeck for Twitter and Peggy turned me on to that. Um, 
I prefer to use the Flock browser, and Flock's a kind of variation of Firefox and Chrome. And I'm a big uh, wiki user myself, as well as following uh, wikis, and a blogger using WordPress.com and EduBlogs. And TweetDeck is a, a desktop client that um, the platform runs off of Adobe Air. And um, it's a way that you can follow your the people in Twitter. You can see the tweets, but you can also set up um, specific groups. You can set up searches for specific keywords, and it filters all of the, the tweets for you that come through. Um, and you can follow specific keywords, and it brings up the different Twitter, uh, the tweets that people have uh, tweeted that have to do with just that keyword. And there's just a variety of ways that you can use it. It's very easy to uh, direct message somebody or reply to somebody, uh, to somebody's tweet. And you can also add somebody very quickly and follow them or click to their profile. So there are tons and tons of different uh, desktop clients to follow uh, and to add people to Twitter. Um, but Peggy turned me on to TweetDeck, and that's been the best one that I uh, use. And I like it better than T-Whirl, or Twirl, however you say that. Um, but there's just tons out there. And there are wikis out there that have a repository of different applications to use for Twitter as well. And Peggy uses a Mac, so TweetDeck uh, does run on Mac. Although Chrome is um, the browser I mentioned earlier is only for Windows, but um, the Flock browser that I use it has within Flock um, reader an RS reader as well as you know quick shortcuts to Twitter and Plurk and Facebook and all of those things right in the browser. So those are some of my tools that I use. I use Microsoft Outlook as my uh, reader for RSS feeds. Uh, to access my Google Calendar events as well as for email. So um, I use Outlook for everything. That's my overview of my list. Peggy, you want to share some from your list? Oh, you've gotten me all excited now because you started talking <laughs> about TweetDeck, and that is absolutely one okay, of my favorite tools. <laughs> and it's on my list of the top ten. And I'll just mention one thing that I particularly like about TweetDeck, and that is that you can form groups and just select certain people that you want to be sure you can follow their tweets. So things get easily lost when you have a real flow of um, tweets coming through. And I set up, oh, maybe eight or ten different groups. And I will know immediately if there's something I need to check out from people that I have added to those groups. And it really has made it possible for me to stay on top of really important messages that get lost in the shuffle when you don't have time to check it regularly. Some of my other top ten things, um, I had, I cheated. I had such a hard time narrowing it down to ten that I put some in clusters. And one of my clusters is iPhone apps. And I got a new iPhone for Christmas that I am just beside myself with excitement about. 
<coughs> so sorry for the cough. But I wanted to highlight just a few tools that I have or applications that I've downloaded on my iPhone that I am just loving. One of them is a gratitude journal, which my friend Nan told me about, and she's online today. And it is a, a tool where you, each day you can enter five things that you're thankful for. And I just think it's such a positive way to go through the day and remind yourself to focus on the positive things that are happening because it's so easy to get down and get depressed about some of the things that are going on in our world today. So that's one I'll be using regularly. <laughs> I also am using iQuote, which is a wonderful application that brings up tons of quotes right to your little iPhone window. And you can select categories, and I found some really great motivational quotes there. So that's also a very inspirational, helpful thing. I discovered I Comic Touch. Pencil. Go ahead, Kim. I was just going to say, one? I have the paper pencil journal. I'm not the, in the EdTech yet with the iPhone, although I have iPhone Envy. Yes, and keeping a gratitude journal would be awesome no matter where you keep it, even if you put it on a napkin. I just think it's a great idea. Um, another app that I'm using and loving is called Comic Touch. Um, and it's uh, like Comic Life um, that you can access on your computer, but you can take a photo anytime you're out and about with your iPhone and instantly add thought bubbles, uh, talk text, um, anything you like to that, and then immediately post it to Facebook or one of your blogs or wikis, and you can um, send it via email straight from your phone. I had a lot of fun with that with my granddaughter this weekend. A couple of other really fun apps that I've been exploring and just beginning to learn are musical apps. Um, um, Kevin Honeycutt introduced me to Ocarina, which is a flute. Can you believe that you can blow into the microphone on your iPhone and make music? I mean, really play a flute? I mean, it was amazing to me. And Kevin did a little demonstration of that, and I was hooked. You can also access Twitterific um, and keep up with all your, your tweets on your iPhone. Um, I'm using the Facebook application to keep Keep up with that. If you've ever used Remember the Milk um, online uh, or through your email, they also have an application on the iPhone. I've, I'm using the Pocket Guitar and the Pocket Piano and trying to learn how to use that. And my highlight of the week has been the Google Apps on the iPhone. It is amazing that you can actually do a voice search and you put in what it is you're looking for. You can put your hometown, you can put anything. If you want to search for a location, it will bring up the Google map for you and all just from speaking into your microphone on your iPhone. So. Those are really special new things that I've been starting to use. A couple of other things I'm really um, 
I've really enjoyed using this year. I finally took the plunge and um, signed up for a hosting site. So I have my own domain name and WordPress blog on um, DreamHost. And I am really loving how easy it is with one click to add um, um, applications to um, my site. So my WordPress updates came with one click. And for me, that's important because I get lost in all of the, the detail about how you do those things. So, and, and the last one, well, there are two other things I want to highlight. Digo is my probably most used um, technology tool this year. I use it for everything, and it's much more than a much more than a social bookmarking, um, social networking tool. And it's just so easy to share. And I posted a link to uh, a bunch of information about Digo on uh, my top ten tools. If you'd like to check it out, you can see some of the tutorials and videos and blog posts that people have written about how they use Digo. And I think once you start using it, you'll be hooked and want to want to keep using it. And two other Absolutely. photo tools I want to, oh, sorry, Kim. Um, two other no, no, photo no, no, tools no. I wanted to share, um, Picasa um, Web and One True Media. And I've gotten hooked on both of them because both of them allow me to view all of my online photos and videos on my TiVo in the living room. And I just think that's such an awesome connection, apart from the fact that they're just great tools to use. So um, I'll stop with my top 10, because I just get so excited when I start talking about some of these things that um, it's hard to stop. <laughs> Kim, well, you want to pick another one to bring up? Well, I just wanted to continue. Somebody typed in, what does Digo offer over delicious? You want to respond to that? <clears throat> Let's all respond to it. And I'm sure if somebody wants to take the mic, feel free to do that as well. Um, I think of Digo as delicious on steroids. And I've heard that quote many times because it oh, does a lot more. Yeah, and one of the features that's really valuable is the groups that you can create on Digo so that anyone who joins the group can contribute to the bookmarks. It's more than just tagging things where you can always um, search for tags on Digo and find content that you're interested in. But when you form a group, you've got people that share a common interest all contributing to that. I recently, just right before Christmas, joined a Deco group that was formed for iPhone and iTouch users. And I've gotten some amazing um, websites just from being a part of that group. So uh, I don't know if Miguel is online today, but he is an awesome Deco user. <laughs> Miguel, take the mic and say something. Oh, yeah. Miguel, you have to raise your hand. Bye, Miguel. <laughs> raise your hand, Miguel, and take two mics. They, uh, they do have an education version of Digo that um, yes. they recently put together and have implemented. 
Um, so that's something that you'll you'll want to check out. That doesn't have the ads, and it, it's kind of a secure environment as well. They recently launched that, so you might want to check that out at Digo too. Yes, and and someone mentioned in the chat about Jennifer Dorman, and she is an awesome Digo user, and has done a number of the tutorials that I have on the link on my site. So if you want to learn what it's all about and what you might be able to do with it with students in your class, and especially for professional development with your colleagues and teachers and friends, it's just an awesome tool for that, and you'll get some great ideas from her resources. Anyone else want to and take the mic and? Great resource too. Yes, he's he's being shy and not wanting to take the I mic. I know it. <laughs> <laughs> Miguel's the one who introduced me to Digo and invited me to check it out, and I'm very grateful, Miguel, for all that you've done and mentored me uh, the past several years. So thank you for that as well. Um, I wanted to mention a few things that Heather Sullivan put on her top ten list. Um, I've only kind of been in EdTech um, maybe a couple years as a result of Jen and Miguel and Wes, and I'm yeah. I, it's unfortunate that I wasn't able to use the VoiceThread and Animoto and and Moodle that she mentioned, like I would have wanted to in the classroom. The last district I was in, all blogs and wikis and everything were blocked. Um, so students weren't able to access nor teachers as well as the bookmarking sites. Um, but those would have been great, great resources. And I love using Yuzma, and I see that that's one of her top ten. And I'm really big into video conferencing and webcasting. Personally, that's an area of interest that I'm big in. And um, using Yuzma and Jean. As somebody mentioned earlier, the Jing project. I'm really a big fan of those things and the the creative potential that students um, can use and share and upload, as well as uh, resources for teachers to use to create instructional materials for students with wikis and Moodle, um, the Google Docs, and as well as the video components with Udemy and Adobe Connect. You want to take another one, Peggy? Or does anybody in the chat want to take the mic and add uh, some comments? Yeah, I'd love to have somebody take the mic and um, chime in with us. It would be great to hear from some other voices. Michael said he would. Excellent, Michael. Come on board. Michael, go ahead and raise your hand, and then we'll give you the mic. And Google Forms is fantastic, Lisa. Can you hear me? Hi, Michael. There yes, you again. are. Great. Hi there. Um, well, uh, in continuation with the discussion on Digo, one of the things that I've noticed they've um, been working pretty hard on is this, um, uh, where you can kind of like add little Post-it notes onto uh, a website. In specific locations on that, uh, like either within the text or on a particular area, oh, and that's right. I, 
had always thought that that was something that was missing from my internet experience was a way to discuss particular locations in text. Like if I was at a blog or if I was reading something to be able to post a, essentially a discussion topic or a thought there. And I always thought that would have been really interesting to use in the classroom context. And I was wondering um, to uh, open up to anybody that's here if they've actually used um, that feature either to collaborate with other teachers or to generate discussion with with students. Um, that's the first thing that I wanted to say. And then the second thing, uh, the only product I haven't heard you guys talk about uh, in here that we talk a lot about in the Bay Area is a, a product called Dropbox, which is this really great um, way to sync documents with uh, people that you collaborate on documents with, and I'm finding it to be the most useful thing product I've like ever used. <laughs> so um, if you have an, if you don't have a Dropbox account, I recommend you go to getdropbox.com and use uh, that. Yeah, getdropbox.com. Um, I, I don't know what Drop.io is, but um, I if it does what Dropbox does, then it's amazing as well. <laughs> Um, so I just wanted to throw those out there, um, and I'll I'll leave it up to you guys to to talk about those things. I definitely like that feature about highlighting. Um, although I haven't used it in the classroom, I use it personally. And um, Drop.io is a file storage uh, site where you can upload files and share those files with others and give others the view. Uh, the ability to view those files as well. Um, Eve, you want to go ahead and take the mic? Please, can you? Um, yes. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Um, yep. My question is, um, we did a class project. I met somebody in Classroom 2.0, and he was a fourth grade teacher. And we did a Wiz IQ session together, and he set it up. Uh, that's a little sort of outside of my technology range at the moment. But one of the problems we ran into was our broadband issue at the school. And I was wondering, is there something out there that uses less broadband where students can engage with each other across the country or even in other countries? Yes, there is. If you'll email me, um, I know that there's a site um, recently, and I can't remember what it was called, but I've got a wiki that I put together all of these different online meeting rooms that um, one of them is definitely for low bandwidth. And like Steve said here, Illuminate. And you can get a free B room um, at Illuminate where you can have up to three people in. So if you're just collaborating with one classroom, you can also use the video, although that takes up more uh, bandwidth if you're using the, the webcam. But if you have just like two classrooms and two people in the, your B room, you know, that works on very minimal bandwidth as well. So that may be another resource for you to check into. Okay, I appreciate that. Thank you. Sure. And Al, did you want to take the mic next? And then Alice? Al, I've given you the mic, but you need to click on the lower right uh, audio control F2 or the, the audio mic button if you've got one. Yes, okay. Okay. Um, yeah, this has been a great uh, discussion, and uh, I just want to see if I can put it in perspective. Uh, technology is changing really fast, and with the advent of Web 2.0, it's changing 
much faster. So the pace of change is, is really outpacing the ability of, of teachers to catch up with it. And I've really noticed this in the last two years. Uh, I've been teaching with technology for over two decades. And it's just amazing how many new tools we're introducing to teachers almost every month a new tool comes out. And, and you know, at my school, we're lucky because we, we have a number of people who buy in and we're using, we've been using blogs across the curriculum and now we're using Jing and we're using VoiceThread. And uh, it's really exciting on the one hand. On the other hand, you still have a whole bunch of faculty who haven't bought into uh, anything beyond word processing. So um, it's just a very challenging time. Thank you, Al. Th that's great. Okay. Things are definitely expanding, growing, and we're building and bridging off of the other tools and expanding into new tools. Alice, you want to go ahead and comment? Can yes. I make a quick um, comment, too? Sure. I'll follow you, Alice. Okay. Um, this is Alice Mercer. And somebody was asking about Google Documents. I mean, uh, Google Forms and how to get those. And it is mm -hmm. now, um, when you're creating a new uh, Google document, it is one of the options. And it takes you back, uh, directly into form creation. But when you're done, all of the data is stored over on um, a spreadsheet uh, format. So it's, uh, it used to be that you had to set up a, spread, a spreadsheet and then go into share, and it was kind of real circuitous, but it's uh, pretty direct at this point. And um, I've been using those uh, with adults when I do trainings to go over and pull them on um, how my trainings were. Um, I've used it with kids to check in with the classes on um, what they have. So. Uh, that's a, a really great tool. And other people have taken it all the way to where they take the spreadsheets that are made at the back end, graph them, and make embeddable graphs. So they have both the mm -hmm. embeddable form and the output embedded as well. That's it. Definitely. Go ahead. Go ahead, Alice. Or did. Okay, thank you. I was just going to add that at the end of the K-12 online conference, um, they, they created a Google form for the evaluation survey and to track all of that data. Um, Peggy mentioned earlier share tabs, and I don't recall who it was on Twitter that um, shared that link. But I went, and we were talking, and we were using share uh, tabs the other night, Peggy and I. And share tabs, you can put in at the sharetabs.com site, um, like a list of different um, websites, and they can be on the same theme or however you wanted to create it. And then it creates um, a preview page with small thumbnail images of each site, but tabs at the top of your browser um, to access each of the tabs that you put in in the list. And so that you can see a preview of the actual website page, as well as have all of the tabs at the top for easy access too. Um, and I think there's a lot of um, potential that share tabs can be used in the classroom, as well as professionally. If you're 
instead of making a hot list like on Word and then uploading that, you can give the students the link to your share tabs and they can access um, the share tabs. Or if you're doing a presentation, you can have everything on share tabs. You can load all of those pages and then save time in having each individual page load. It's all right there for you, loaded and cached. On share tabs, no. I just found this out like yesterday or the day before. But I plan to because I, I, I'm in love with that tool now. <laughs> I'm so glad you described it, Kim, because I'm hooked on it too. I'm such a visual <laughs> learner. And just to see um, the sites right there on the page, and I can just see so much potential for students organizing um, and preparing for research projects where they could um, create a share tabs uh, site um, for those documents. I also wanted to Absolutely. add a comment um, to what Al was saying earlier because I think that's just such a big challenge for all of us. We get excited about the new Web 2.0 tools we learn about and are using and we forget that it's overwhelming to a lot of the teachers that we work with. And um, I think that it's so important to take those baby steps and start slowly and introduce one tool at a time that you know is something will, that will help them do what they're wanting to do in their classroom and then let it grow from there. I thought that um, Jennifer Dorman created an awesome um, presentation on how to develop a personal professional learning network. And I'll put the link in the um, chat because if you were to follow her steps that she suggests, it guides you through those baby steps and shows you the value of each of those tools as you develop your own network of people that you um, value and want to learn from. So I would encourage all of you to check that out. Anyone I else like to jump that. in? Definitely. Oh. Is there anyone else who would love to share a favorite with us? Joanne, who's like? Lawrence? So Lawrence, you have to click the mic button to start speaking, but you're welcome to go ahead. So it looks like maybe you're having a problem. The mic button's on the lower left. If you're having trouble actually having it work, you can go up to Tools Audio and run the wizard to make sure that your microphone works. I think Joanne wanted to speak as well. So Kim, let me know who you want to call on, and we'll we'll give them the mic. Okay, um, Joanne, if you're ready. I'm not sure which Joanne you okay. mean, but Joanne, go ahead and okay. raise your hand, Joanne, yeah. so I can uh, give you the mic. If you want. Or if anybody else is interested. Oh, Sue has um, indicated that she put her hand up, but she doesn't see it, so that she could take the mic. Is it working? 
Yay, Yay. Sue, welcome. Okay, um, my list is quite different, I think, from most people's because you guys have tools way beyond my capacity. My journey has really been over about 16 months um, from a time when I didn't even know what a PowerPoint was to um, helping other teachers in our district try to do some interesting things. And what I come across a lot when I'm reading online is a lot of impatience with people like me who have been in the classroom for a long time um, who really feel that we have things under control, we know what we're doing, but because we're reluctant about taking tools on, um, people get very impatient with us. So that's what my list was about. It really was kind of a personal document. That is important that that we, when we design training, keep in mind um, where the learners are, uh, so that we don't overwhelm, we don't turn them off of technology, and that we, you know, hold their hand along their way wherever they are, at whatever level they're at. That's a good point. Thank you for sharing. Antoine, are you ready, Antoine? Can you hear me? Yes, you should can. Yes. Fantastic. Great. Hey, I want to I want to thank Peggy Kim and Steve for hosting this event. I've been uh <clears throat> quietly hiding in the web 1.0 world getting my district and staff members just to embrace technology and since I put my head up, I noticed that we've graduated to web 2.0 and this is I must say I'm sure that you know 147 people in the room can be overwhelming, but you know I made a commitment this year, 2009, to um, bring myself up to the 2.0 generation or world, and also lead my district in that same direction. My biggest hurdle is getting my district to embrace that paradigm shift. You know, we look back at our acceptable use policy, and our acceptable use policy doesn't really embrace 2.0. And that's been my biggest focus. So as I move forward with embracing the Classroom 2.0 um, room and, and getting more involved in this, I'm looking for ideas on how to move my district, specifically my IT department, to embrace this, uh, this new generation and to also embrace the tools of this new generation. So that's my comment. But I'm very excited to be a part of this event. And I look forward to um, further furthering my understanding of uh, Web 2.0. Thank you, Antoine. That's a very important point to bring up, um, that that paradigm shift comes from creating that motivation show and modeling the tools and helping create a desire to uh, use those tools and a purpose that and prove that it makes it easier uh, for them to use technology tools than paper, pencil, or um, I know a teacher that I worked with in the past, she was really reluctant to use the Palm Pilot to um, do the reading inventories for the, the students. And she just wanted to use paper pencil for all the testing components. And so her, her teammates were using the Palm Pilot. And I just, we'd mention it and so forth. And then finally she went and did it one day by herself um, and practiced. And then she said, you know, I think I want to start using this. And, it came from modeling and just us letting her know that, you know, when she's ready, we'll be there for her. And, and that's a very important point, Antoine, to just kind of encourage and model and, 
you know, some people have to drag along their district screaming and yelling, like hurting cat, hurting cats, you know, that kind of video. So I encourage you to hang in there, and um, you've got a lot of resources in the Classroom 2.0 and with 15,000 members, and Peggy and Steve, I mean, you've got so many resources you can tap into. Um, Eve, you want to go ahead and take the mic next? Yes, can you hear me? Wish you can. Um, yeah, well, I guess something that Antoine said about um, just getting administration and school districts to buy into technology. I know that, like in my class, I'm, in my school, I'm very fortunate that my assistant principal and my principal are very supportive of the things I'm trying, and I I run into a lot of um, blocks from other teachers. But um, I'm sort of hoping that as I can show them what the students can do and how using web technology can um, increase um, student productivity, um, that they'll get will get more buy-in. So really, my student blog that I started, and I'm as far as I know, I'm the first one in my school to start that. You know, I'm trying to show you know what children are capable of doing and that how much they enjoy it and how much it's improving their writing ability and being able to um, tie it into science which I teach math science and writing um, and I know when I started you know my own website a lot of teachers were very interested in that so I think seeing something seeing an end product is very helpful when you're trying to get buy-in from a district or um, or your school or other teachers in your school. Um, so I wanted to add that, but I also wanted to. Um, I know um, Steve said something about doing a weekly show, and, and I wasn't sure how you submit topics for that. Is that going to be on one of the, on the forum pages? Um, Peggy and I are going to be doing that, as well as Steve's going to. I believe, or his might be bi-weekly. But for ours, you can um, contact and email us personally, Peggy and I, or the live at classroom.com um, website, and I'll get that. I'm sorry, email address, and I'll get that for you to make sure I have the right one. But you're, and you're definitely it, welcome. Input. Is it all levels of, I mean, because I'm really, I feel very basic at this point. Um, like, is it for all levels of? Um, I mean, are you targeting uh, a specific level of user? Yeah, no, we're, no, we're not targeting. And right, any level that you are is welcome. Newbies is, you know, definitely. Because uh, we're just going to all be learning and sharing and growing how we use things. And so it um, doesn't matter whether you're an expert or a brand new to technology um, in the classroom. So you're, everyone is welcome. Oh, that's great because I know that, I mean, I would like to try podcasting and all, a lot of things that are being discussed today. And um, I, I figured I would just start with blogging and go, and go out from there. So I appreciate that. Thank you. Definitely. That's a good task. I'm so and glad you, I'm so, go ahead, Kim. I was just going to say, I would think possibly that newbies might benefit the most from the, the, the plans that Peggy and I kind of have. Oh, no, definitely. I think I would. 
I'm so glad you brought that up because having a diverse group um, join us each week will be so valuable. Obviously, if we're all newbies, uh, we don't have anyone to learn from. So we really need those who have some experience and some um, tools that they can guide us through and give us some tips on. We'll make it so valuable for all of us. And we'll get a link posted on our website for the planning wiki that will start listing topics and the newbie question of the week. So you can check that out and definitely add to it. If there's a topic that you'd really like us to explore, we can take a whole show and explore a single topic. And sometimes I think it's better to focus it. Today's show is great because we're we're all over the place, but it's kind of mm -hmm. uh, to inspire us for the new year. But um, if we can focus our shows on a single tool or topic, I think that will help all of us to kind of um, understand uh, a little bit better. And as, are they always um, taped so you could go back at, if you happen to miss a show yes. for whatever reason? Yes, they yes, will, they will all be archived. Definitely. All right, that sounds great. Thank you. Great, so thank you. Al Doyle, you want to go ahead and take the mic? Yes. Uh, We're running out of time. I just wanted to share. Yeah, okay. I just wanted to share two quick tools. Um, Google Earth, of course, uh, if you haven't used it start using it. It's fabulous. Um, 3D Rome is a really exciting project that they just created on Google Earth. Um, and also, if you haven't used Google SketchUp, it's a 3D program that's free, cross-platform. It changed my life. I've been using it for five years. Uh, I could use it with uh, five-year-olds all the way up to uh, professional college level. And uh, so that's my two cents. And uh, thanks to everyone for being being uh, part of this. That's awesome. Thank you, Al. I'll have to check that out that SketchUp. I've heard of it, but I haven't used much. Al, are you do you still have the mic? Yes, I do. Can you tell us briefly what SketchUp can do? Yeah, SketchUp is a um, 3D design program, and you can learn it in about three minutes. It's free download from SketchUp. That's like ketchup with an S. I'll, I'll post a link in the chat room. Um, it allows you to uh, draw three-dimensional objects, and then uh, what makes it Web 2.0, there's a 3D warehouse where people upload their models, and you can download any other models and open them up in SketchUp. So if you're studying molecules and atoms or uh, geometry or architecture, I use it in social studies uh, when we're studying any kind of architecture, whether the seven wonders of the world, uh, Greek architecture, uh, Roman architecture, medieval architecture, any social studies um, civilization, you can find models that other people have built for you. You can put it into SketchUp, and then kids could put themselves into the building. They could uh, create fly-throughs and walk-throughs of the buildings. They can. Uh, it does animation, and it exports, let's say, your walk-through of a building as a, as a video. And then you can do a voiceover. I mean, it is the richest, most flexible tool. And it's so easy to use. I, it's like digital clay. That's what I 
how I described it. Because you just start drawing shapes and all of a sudden you can extrude them into 3D. But what really makes it Web 2.0 is the idea that people around the world are sharing their models and aggregating them so that now, for instance, uh, New York City is uh, a, a completely downloadable free 3D model with thousands of buildings that people have created together. And they're creating cities uh, around the world. And that's where the ancient 3D Rome comes in. It was um, a collaborative effort uh, where people have cre are creating a virtual walkthrough version of Rome circa 300 AD. And um, it is so rich. I, I could go on all day, but, but uh, I'll pass the mic. Thanks, Al. Matt, did you want to comment? Um, while Matt is getting to the mic, uh, we also have a survey that we'd like you to fill out. You know, won't take that long. You can fill it out right there in the web tour window. So, sure, Matt, go ahead. Sure, I just want to comment on uh, something that uh, Antoine and others had said about administrative buy-in. Um, at the school I teach, I teach high school math in Iowa. We have great administrator buy-in, and uh, we, you know, we've got all kinds of great things, mobile labs and Moodle and all kinds of stuff like that. But the big challenge for us, and it's kind of my, my big idea, per se, for the year, is this idea of uh, what's called TPCK. It's something that I've uh, been reading about quite a bit. I'll go ahead and post a link there. It stands for Technology pedagogy and content knowledge. And the idea is that you know you give a, a, a teacher, let's say, PowerPoint, and what do they do with that? If they're more of a lecture-based teacher, they're probably just going to continue to lecture with PowerPoint. And I kind of call it maybe doing old things in new ways. But I think the great thing about Classroom 2.0 here is that we're trying to do new things in new ways. And uh, you know, Google Docs is, is a great example of that. If we just use Google Docs to replace Microsoft Word, for typing purposes, we're not necessarily uh, helping our students along. But if we do new things in new ways, use Google Docs for what's meant to be used for, sharing and collaborating and so forth, then I think we're really doing new things in new ways. And I think many of the, many of the people in the chat here have done um, a great job suggesting ways to do that, um, doing professional learning communities, um, having technology showcases, and that sort of thing. So I just want to take a moment and share that, uh, that kind of that framework. Um, uh, you have to have some content knowledge as well as um, some technological knowledge in order to uh, to kind of to kind of uh, take advantage of all these Web 2.0 tools that uh, many of us are talking about. So just want to share that idea, and I'll pass on the mic to uh, wrap things up today. Thank you, Matt. Michael, you want to add a comment, and then Deborah. Uh, sure. Um, I definitely want to follow up with uh, Matt there. Thanks for talking about trying to do new things in new ways rather than old things in new ways. Um, but I, I wanted to um, post this link to a forum topic I started in Classroom 2.0. Um, we've talked about trying to create administrative buy-in, and a lot of administrations are you know, very afraid of having students and teachers participate on the open Internet. And this is going to be a battle that's going to be fought pretty much everywhere over the coming years. And um, I think it's important that we you know, share thoughts and, um, and strategy and news about what's going on in this, kind of, in this battle. Um, there was a, couple, a, a discussion on acceptable use policy and trying to create something like that. Um, but I think it's really actually a, 
a global conversation that's going to be happening and we need to you know arm ourselves with the right information and perspectives and um, and issues so um, once again, here's the link. Um, if you guys have experience uh, in your district or on your campus having this conversation, especially if you've been successful at it, um, please post there with you know your experience and the information you used. All right, and uh, I'll leave it to you guys. Thanks. Thanks, Michael. That that's so important, and you're so right about the buy-in and coming from the administration. Um, Deborah, you want to go ahead? Um, you click on the the audio button at the bottom, and then you have oh, I think I have it. Yes, you do. I just want to thank. Okay, I just like to thank everybody, especially Steve, because he's kind of adopted me. This is a first for me. I'd like to continue doing this. I did say earlier that I don't think I can do this through my school. It's probably blocked. And so I wondered what time these kinds of conversations are going to continue. And I want everyone to just kind of have a, a happy technology new year, especially in light of the fact that many of our budgets are getting slashed to heck. I think this forum can help all of us kind of join our hands across the world and continue to make it flatter. So I just want to thank everybody and hear here to this second day of the new year. Thank you so much, Deborah. Um, I'll post a, a link to the different shows. Most of them are in the evenings and Saturdays, so and the Sunday, so you know you don't need to worry about that. Um, the time commitment sometimes interfering with the school day in the U.S. That is, um, but they all are archived, so you can access them and download them to an iPod or whatever. You know, at your convenience. Thank you, Deborah. Um, is that Coco? You want to go ahead and uh, make a comment? Can you hear me? We sure can. Okay, this is Art. I'm up in here sitting in my cabin in Palmer, Alaska. It's about negative 20. So uh, it's very comfy inside. I wanted to thank everybody for today's session <laughs> and, uh, and say that uh, you know technology takes a, a teacher with energy in the classroom. Um, a lot of my colleagues shy away because they don't see the added value, um, not for kids but for themselves, because it takes a lot of work. Um, when it goes down, the server isn't working. Um, it really can be stressful for an educator who's used to being in control. So, for um, to do to do it right, I think you have to step away and let the kids uh, often lead the charge, and uh, you become a facilitator in their learning as, as opposed to the instructor. I think that's a really important point that folks miss. Um, the second point is, I was just asked to take over the school newspaper, and I agreed to do it only because they'll, they're going to allow me to take it into the future. And I don't want to do an 18th century skill. So I said, if I can do it web-based, if I can use RSS feeds, if I can let the kids design it, decide what's important to them, publish it, um, then we can do that. So if anybody has any ideas in the future for that, that's where I'm headed. Uh, again, thanks, everyone. Thank you, Coco. Those are all important points. Um, the AUP and administrator buy-in, all of those things are things that we have to deal with and obstacles. And the Classroom 2.0 is a great resource to ping for ideas and support when you're struggling with some of those obstacles that, you know, with things being blocked and getting buy-in from administrators.
Would anybody like to add a final comment before we pass it back to Steve? We thank everybody for coming today. Uh, be sure to check out the different resources. Somebody asked if there was um, a place that they could find out about how to use those tools. Um, there are lots of resources in the classroom to that owning, as well as our weekly show is going to focus on a lot of those things. Barbara, you wanted to make a comment? Okay, I guess not. Steve or Peggy? Well, I would Sorry, definitely like to add my thanks. Okay. Sorry, Steve. <laughs> no, go ahead, Peggy. I, it, this has been an exciting day for me, uh, and I want to thank all of you for joining us, and I hope you'll come back and um, participate in the weekly shows. We would love to have all of you, and definitely consider adding topics um, and things you're interested in discussing on the weekly shows. Um, I have trouble with the term shows. Someone mentioned that in the chat. It really isn't mm -hmm. a show, but it really we really want it to be a conversation. It's not going to be webinars and formal presentations, but it will be sharing and helping each other learn to use these tools better for all of our students. So thanks to all of you. And Steve, wrap us up. OK, thanks, everybody, for coming. Uh, big thanks to Illuminate for providing this room. Please fill out the survey if you get a chance. Uh, thanks to Peggy and Kim. Uh, I didn't get to my top ten, which is okay because they were heavily philosophical. But they're on the wiki if you want to look, and I'll and I'll post them on my blog. So uh, have a great New Year, everyone, and thanks for being here. Thank you so much. Thank you, everybody. We appreciate your time. So just as a warning, in about four minutes, I actually have to close the room down in order for the recording to process. So feel free to put your final comments in. Um, but then in about four minutes, uh, I'll actually close everybody out of the discussion so the recording processes. And then later today, I'll post both the video and audio and um, chat log links in, at the uh, live.classroom20.com live website. Okay, thank you, Steve. Steve, are you going to stick around online after this? Yeah, why don't we uh, get on Skype and do a quick uh, kind of wrap up? Great. Good, because I have some questions for you. Thanks again, everyone.